0: So the world is um, our universe is optimized for for uniqueness and beauty um, in its natural state, and um, there is a there's a, a flow of energy within that that balanced system, and um, that flow of energy is 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 perfectly balanced, and it. Is, has d- evolved over millions of years to um, effectively and efficiently distribute resources within a system um, in a way that ensures that everything thrives to the perfect amount to be in equilibrium and in balance with that, with that system. And um, our systems is an attempt to take, um, is to reflect that value system, but reflect it in a way that's intelligible for our, um, our technology and intelligence systems, right? And so we need to point all of our technology and intelligence systems at understanding the interconnectedness of everything so that we can um, then build technology that works in line with that natural ecosystem. The reality in which we live is, is broadly a mixture of two things. It's a mixture of what exists naturally that would just exist um, without any intervention or without any creation or without any um, input from the human mind. And then there's the world in which we live, which is amalgamation of that and um, what we have, what our collective imaginations have conjured up over the last um, broadly two, three hundred years, um, and um, not in equal parts. Um, based on a system that was our best shot at the time, that emerged, I think, completely naturally. Um, but a new system will emerge that will enable. ...to thrive on the planet, um, in balance with nature and with technology. You want to talk about the mushroom trip? (laughs) Uh, No, the mushroom trip is... um, I can't put that in words.
1: The old world is ending. And we have the opportunity to rethink everything. This is a show about the systemic problems in our world and the real solutions we have today to transition from an apocalyptic storm of war, scarcity, and ecological collapse to create an abundantly advanced collaborative society that sustains all life. You may think it's an impossible dream, but the alternative is an inevitable nightmare. We're your hosts, Matt Holton, Amanda Smith, and Zachary Marlow. And together, We can move past this economic absurdity and come together to actualize our collective potential to create something completely new. We are... Minus Society. Society. Deep in the jungles of the Sierra Nevada de Santa Marta of Magdalena, Colombia, On a mad, quite moneyless expedition to make contact with actually moneyless indigenous peoples, bumming around permaculture eco-villages and seeking, seeking, seeking real solutions in the heart of the world, I met one of the best friends I've ever had through Twitter of all places. Simon Cornby is a British expatriate, regenerative financier, excellent conversationalist, philosopher, motorcyclist, decentralist, and AI wizard. We've gone on countless journeys and gotten lost in endless discussions about the problems with this system and the myriad centropic possibilities of how to build a new one while living in this place that is halfway between the new world and the old. Simon, (laughs) welcome to the show. Hey, we've been uh, talking about doing this for a while. Simon has been one of my very best friends I've ever met in my whole life. We met on Twitter i was uh posting some raging tirade against the colonial legacy of the city of santa marta and he messaged me and said uh hey i'm in santa marta let's meet up (laughs) that's pretty much what happened we met at a coffee shop and uh just immediately clicked him and our other friend tom Uh uh-huh and we're just immediately you were like what's your whole thing about moneyless society what's that and i just started spilling it talking about it talking about infinite growth and uh, you know the cancer that's devouring humanity and ecological restoration and all these things and we just totally clicked. Simon is a great friend and um, we've been uh, we've had a raging, <laughs> incessant non-stop debate discussion like <laughs> cerebral much. exploration of the cosmos in the past several months as we have ridden around this crazy wild, untamed, yet still not totally colonized land of Colombia. Uh, weaving through regenerative projects and hiking up to indigenous villages and just going on adventures, just going on quests. Mm-hmm. Right now we're at the lovely Finca La Frequencia, where Simon lives. We're in a treehouse, a regenerative project, and uh, we're fighting the good fight. Simon, why don't you introduce yourself and talk about the big idea that we really discuss every single day, AI. What is this thing AI? What is it and how does it affect humanity? Mm. My good? Got to make sure you're presentable on your first day of school. Yeah.
0: Preventable? Presentable.
1: But so yes, the, the end of
0: the world is, in, is introduce preventable. Introduce myself. Um, well, I used to work in finance. I worked in London um, for five years in finance. Big the belly company. of a beast. The belly of a beast. Um, I had a reasonably long career in finance. I was working for... It doesn't matter what I was working for. But I, um, I came here in two thousand and eighteen, just on holiday after quitting that job, and um, just fell in love with the with the country, with the people here, with a girl in particular, and um, moved here in two thousand and nineteen. Ran a little Airbnb business uh, for a little while, and um, yeah, we. We split up in 2021 since then i've been um spending time in the us spent some time in panama then back here i'm involved in a a few projects um that i consider to be you know a a step in the right direction for humanity and um you know that's where i want to be i want to be working on stuff that's, that's a step in the right direction at least a step um step away from well we can get into all that (laughs) the fuck we will yeah you guys know what we're talking about um ai so ai what is it artificial intelligence the machine yeah i think it's a bit of a, a misnomer to be honest there's i mean it's kind of um i don't think it's artificial the intelligence, it's pretty damn intelligent. I think um, it's pretty real. It's effectively a, a neural network um, that replicates what the human brain does, but instead of all of our individual interactions with reality, um, it's been trained on the whole content of the internet, all of the, the greatest books that mankind has written. And so it's just one huge amalgamation, one big black box of a wealth of humanity's knowledge. And um, what a language learning model, um, an LLM, which is um, what ChatGPT is and these uh, other models that are coming to the fore right now, is uh, basically it's predictive text. They, it's predicted text on, on steroids based on the context of this huge wealth of knowledge that it has access to it predicts what um what word is going to come next and it adds it one by one um and it's absolutely amazing what kind of what kind of content you can get out of it um and i just i suspect it's it's just the beginning um is that a is that a good overview for a start where do you want to take the i think that's a good intro i just want to kind of
1: go in there a little bit about how what is intelligence i mean we talk about artificial intelligence where i don't really think humans have real intelligence we are not originating all of our thoughts we are doing what ai is doing or what gpt is doing we're scanning through all of our experiences our language all of the uh things and events and experiences and movies and books and ideas that we have experienced in our life and we are synthesizing them into something even those great geniuses are really, they're like pulling something else through. They're going deeper into the source code to find something that's there. But we're effectively not, we're not the source of information. We're not the source of consciousness. We are an interpreter of it. We are, all of us, you know, the great geniuses, the inventors, the brilliant people and the fools alike are regurgitating and synthesizing ultimately all the experience and information uh, that we encounter.
0: I I like the the idea of, you know that there's just one big great consciousness call it god if you like but that that is acting through us um i think that's that sort of makes sense to me i think um i think each of us is a lens through which that that consciousness um projects through and and casts onto the world um and each of our lenses is is shaped by all of our experience all of our learning over the years of our lives all of the people that we meet um i am but a reflection of of every person that i've met every experience that i've had um that shapes my lens and then you know when when i choose to speak and that's the lens through which through which i speak um and AI is, is very similar and you can, you can shape a lens for AI to, to speak through or to perceive the world.
1: Well, that was, uh, no, no, you're good. I, I want to be able to see this fucker in case it shuts off again. So the camera stopped recording. We just recorded a whole bunch of great sterling, sparkling dialogue. But we're mm-hmm. going to have to resuscitate, reiterate. Um, this is as good a time as any to remind you that money, society is a labor of love. It is a gift. It is a uh, tremendous labor to put these things together. I'm recording in a third world country in a tree house uh, on my own. Um, we, we need your support to keep doing this. So uh, like, subscribe, share, comment. If you're listening on an audio platform, give us a
0: review. And uh, always share, reach why, out. Why don't you share your news about, about where the film's going? Because you're going to need some funding for that. Well, this will come out in a couple weeks later. So... Mm but lots, gonna, of cool, gonna
1: need lots, of, lots of cool stuff happening. Always, always, uh, always need hands on deck, always need volunteers, always need uh, people who believe and who are willing to fight for this crazy cause. And uh, yeah, we do need material support as we always say on this show. Uh, we critique these systems because there is no alternative. We, we would like to create alternatives because in this system, if you don't have any money, you ain't shit. So the light bulb was invented by candlelight. Remember that we critique these systems
0: because there is no alternative yet all right back to the show and so the context you give it is very very important and actually there's well there's a whole new um industry now of of prompt engineering where it's all about how you create this contextual window and based on the contextual window what you can get out of the ai it's no. like a, it, it's magic
1: really it's a, it's, it's a technology that is spells Grammar, uh, grimoire, you know, like a book of spells is the word that grammar emerges from. The word word, it comes from weird, weird, W-Y-R-D, which means like a magical power over fate. So our technology, as Arthur C. Clarke said, is becoming increasingly indistinguishable from magic to be able to speak into existence, a new world, new possibilities, to be able to use language, which is all we are in a way, as Terence McKenna said many times, we are like living language. When, when human beings discovered language, he, he said that uh, we stopped evolving biologically, you know, it's true to an extent, and we kept on evolving mimetically, so our culture, our language, the ideas that we pass on to future generations that allow us to be in a way immortal and ever-changing and fluid, this language that uh, controls people's minds. You know, money is a linguistic sort of mim- mimetic tool. That has a symbolic value that ultimately creates hard physical reality. So this is this is nothing to shake a stick at. It's nothing to dismiss, and it, it's something that I think we shouldn't uh, squirm at. We shouldn't be like, oh, it's 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 gross or it's evil or it's unnatural. Battery keeps dying. Card ran out. <laughs> it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough one. Man struggle with machine perpetual. <laughs> but yeah, we were talking about this that uh, we met a shaman very randomly encountered a shaman from Patagonia, right? Patagonia, and um, we sat and talked with him. I asked, like, "Would you be? Would you like to participate in this? I'd like to share your wisdom. Like, indigenous wisdom is like the great solution." And what he wanted to talk about was technology. And he talked about how this is a natural evolution because man is natural, and man made it, or human made it. Many women and other people of other different identities created it, uh, but it is a natural thing that we shouldn't reject, that it, we should see it as inevitable and we should use it for good. And that's been a very interesting theme in this whole journey is using technology for nature, using technology to protect and expand nature and create ultimately like this fluidly emerging biotechnology where it becomes less this unnatural thing that sits on top of nature and destroys nature to make it. But it's actually, we're growing technology. We're, we're creating this evolving fluid living process together?
0: Well, I think some, something that's worth thinking about is that up until now, it's kind of a big black box what OpenAI have used to train this. What we know is that, well, actually, I think it's starting to come out what, what's in there, but it's, you know, like I said, it's the, the, the contents of the internet, etc. But from now on, it's the context that we give it. It's the way that we interact with this technology that's gonna be used as the training material to, for it to evolve. And so that's why I think it's incredibly important that, that as many people use it as possible and as many people use it as possible for good. There's a temptation to, to immediately go to, so how can I make more money? You know, how can, I, how can I increase my profit for my organization? And it will give you the answer. It will, it will give you advice. It will give you very sound advice about what you can do to increase profit. Um, but we need to be asking more intelligent questions. Uh, we need to be asking more intelligent questions about how we can build more sustainable future and it will have some some very nuanced opinions on that if you prompt it in the right way Um, what I've realized is that um, the the prompting is, is incredibly important in the way that you talk to it and you can you can create different lenses different perspectives through which this AI will perceive the world you imagine this big black box which is ai uh, open ai and there's a huge beam of light coming out of it and that's what you see but it's it's kind of like what's he called out of out of the x Men, cyclops with his with his glasses and when he takes his glasses off it's just like well yeah it's like that there's so much information
1: that we're drowning in it that the misinformation it isn't necessarily that there's like fake news out there in the world it's just that information is spreading so wildly humanity can't really make sense of it and we need this tool as a friend of mine said as a metaphor is like we're on the on the dark waves of of the sea and we need this to navigate to find shore, and to to make sure that we are making our way intelligently through this landscape of terrible possibilities that i I said earlier like that people are you could use this to destroy the world and it's not that they're intentionally saying like chat gpt how can i more efficiently destroy the world but the earth itself is external is an externality to this process of making money. So mm-hmm. it, people are asking it, how do I make more money? How do I increase sales? How do I increase consumption? they're you're ultimately asking it, how do I turn the living world into commodities that I can sell for profit. So we have to use this technology to change the way we think about technology, the way we think about economics, the way we think about everything. Uh, Simon searched to get to kind of get back to some of the stuff we said before, um, gave it a little tutorial. Can you bring up what we said earlier? We just basically prompted it to ask a question about the first question that I ever asked GPT when I was uh, confronted with it. I was like, ah, some fucking smart, smart robot. And when robot went to college, hey, you think you're smarter than me? All right, tough guy, buster. How do we decouple from GDP? How do we decouple GDP from energy use? As we all know, the Garrett relation is the direct relation between GDP, the rarest domestic product, the amount of transactions in society, is the high score of the video game we're trying to play in society, and uh, energy use. Because uh, the more energy you use, you know, the more products you make, the more energy you use, and the more material extraction it takes to do it. All right, smart guy, what does the what is your LGBT say about that?
0: We didn't ask it quite like that. Um, so... <laughs> We gave a very, very simple prompt, very, very simple prompt. We just said, how do we decouple energy use from GDP? And this, this is a brand new chat, first question we've asked it. There is no context behind it whatsoever. Um, and this is the answer. It says, decoupling energy use from GDP is a critical strategy for sustainable development. It involves improving energy efficiency and increasing the use of renewable energy sources. Here are a few steps to achieve this and it's given six different points which is pretty typical each of them has a paragraph i'll just read the headers Uh, invest in energy efficiency invest in renewable energy um, implement policy regulations research and development public awareness and education and economic restructuring i'll just read that last one shifting the focus of economic growth from industries that are energy intensive to those that are less so for instance, services and technology sectors typically use less energy than heavy industries. Now, I could go into a lot more detail on that if you prompted it. Well, I want
1: to say something there, though, that uh, I would say that's not a good answer. I would, I would argue with that in a big point. And if I was using GPT, I could actually say, well, actually, you know, organizations like the IPCC and the, the whole field of ecological economics has essentially confirmed that relative this, you know, decoupling from fossil fuels Or from energy decoupling energy use from from economic growth or GDP isn't actually possible, and they've abandoned green growth as a measure, and saying that we need to you know shift to degrowth. So we were saying earlier in this conversation that uh, not only can you get this thing to make calculations for you, like I asked it, how many Empire State Buildings worth of steel does the Ford Motor Company use in a production line of Ford pickups? And it said, well, Ford pickup weighs this much, it uses this much steel. It made this really complicated conversation. calculation okay. that gave me an answer that would take me hours to create otherwise. But it can also do things in a different lens. You can change the lens of analysis, like I would change the lens on this camera and it would give me a different point of view to be more poetic, to be more um, metaphorical. You can ask it to write you a fucking poem. You can say, answer this as if Jerry Seinfeld was saying it or William Shakespeare. So we asked
0: it well, to Well, I'll come back ahead. to that in a minute. I just want just one word of caution is that it's, it's a predictive model and it will it will mimic what, so if, if in Zachary's example, if you say, you know, well, actually I think this and this is the way I think and it will say, it will come back and it will say, oh no, you, you, you're right. Maybe I should look at things that way. So what I like to do is I, I like I like, to, I like to steer it in a way that helps it to arrive at conclusions from first principles. So I try not to bias it. I try not to give my own opinions too much. But what you can do, especially with these add-ons, and you can you can frame it and you can give it way more context and you can structure a conversation with it where you say, today we're interested in learning about this or framing a debate around this topic where we're going to have a protagonist and an antagonist. We would like to do some research first and foremost on this topic and just bring in some experts on on the this, this particular topic. And then we can talk about it in more detail and you can get much more nuanced Perspectives in that way, and what I what I like what I want to be able to do when I'm using it is I want to arrive at what I, what I consider to be an objective truth, and so I don't want to spend too much time giving it my own opinions because you know I'm I'm as biased as anybody else. What I would like it to do is do its own research and come up and, and affirm with what what I'm saying, which often it does. Um, through its own research and building on it from first principles. So it's really not that complicated. You can just ask it to go and do some research on the web, it will come back with a, a, a list of things that it's researched and you can ask it to go into more detail on any particular topic, you can steer the conversation. But I just wanted to just two, two just little points that. actually on that. One, I use
1: it often. If I say something, I have a tendency to just fly off and say shit. <laughs> not necessarily <laughs> knowing if it's true. Often it is. Um, but every now and then I'll say something and I'll be like, is that true? And I will ask it, is this true? And, mm-hmm. and Can it you will- help me fact check this? It, yeah, we'll fact check it for you. And it, I think it's a really scientific way of, ch- of testing your own hypothesis. You said that arriving at conclusions, Jacques Fresco talked about that constantly, that we don't need to make choices. We don't need to make a decision or say, I think we should do this about the world. We need to scientifically arrive at conclusions, meaning that we are presented with the right information. If two scientists on other sides of the planet are given the same variables, the same thing to test, the same hypothesis, and they test it in the same way, ideally, they should arrive at the same conclusion instead of just saying, oh, we say this because we we live in a world of flagrant opinions and not a world of facts. So technology like this can be used to uh, nurture a bias, but it can also, if we use it correctly and intelligently, help us be
0: much more scientific and precise in our thoughts and make sense of the world. It's a sense-making tool, but you, you do have to be careful with it. You, you have to be very objective with it and lead it in a particular way that's going to ensure that you get a nuanced perspective that's, that's um, based in objective truth. Um, before we, uh, well, let's, let's just do a quick aside. and We, we asked it to, um, we, asked, we wanted to demonstrate what it's capable of in terms of how it can take on different characteristics if you choose to. Oh, hang on, I wanted to preface this real quick, because a few years ago, I
1: actually remember having a conversation where someone was like, oh, yeah, AI is going to be a thing. And I was like, no, AI will never be able to create art. It will never be able to dream. It will never be able to understand the rarefication and purity of poetry. Like, I used to think this, that AI or machine could never do what humans do. And it's like, there are things that there will always be things that only a human being can do. Well... I mean, I think the wave of AI art really slapped that down for a lot of people when you see like a beautiful work of art that makes you feel something. They don't always do that. Sometimes it's a hackneyed, you know, lazy, whatever thing. But AI is capable of being a tool that we use to access these deeper realms of poetry, of feeling and emotion of the depths and complexities of, of human character. I mean, writers are using this to... Listen, that's a, just a little bit of another tangent, but they're using it to create whole universes of characters for, say, like the show South Park, where they map the characters, and they say, here's the st- story structure, and they've actually been AI-generating episodes of this show. That, But they you can create a world that has characters in it that you give them a nuanced, complex backstory. You could feed them trauma and say, this person has this complex and feels this way because they went through this horrible thing that made them this way. I mean, it, it's an incredibly depth it's a deep technology it has nearly infinite possibilities it is as deep as we make it it is as complex as we are when we interact with it so read it the poem Simon. we asked it to uh, uh write write us a poem about degrowth in the style of uh, william butler
0: yeats okay um upon the tired earth's weary face i gaze in iron and steel humanity's phrase of growth unending a relentless chase where time and nature fall in its base the whisper of wind the sun's warm embrace squandered forgotten in this rapid race degrowth dear friends is not of disgrace but a call to change our pace to retrace not less of life but less of waste not end of work but end of haste more time for love for art, for taste, a world reborn in grace encased. Remember old ways, the simple brace, the candles glow, the lace's trace. In stories shared in the fireside place, find growth in soul, in time's own pace. Like the lilies bloom in its gentle grace, no urge to conquer, no foe to face. Thrives in the field, yet leaves no trace, a symbol of degrowth in nature's embrace. So heed the cry of this mortal race, less consumption, more embrace. For in the end, it's but a chase where less is more in wisdom's space." And that was just on one tiny little prompt. Yeah, just, we, just, all just... we said was, write a poem about degrowth in the style of Yeats. Amazing. Um, but as, as you were talking and I, I actually thought that, um, you know, in terms of, you know, Conversing with this and giving it a, a huge context about what it is that you're you're thinking and what you're going through. I did a I did a mushroom retreat a um, couple of months. We
1: ago. did a mushroom retreat. We did a mushroom. We retreat. had a powerful, beautiful mushroom ceremony, and let's talk, I'm going to talk about this for a minute because we programmed and prompted our trip for a whole week. We didn't uh, eat or drink sugary foods or any, any meat or, or alcohol. no alcohol no sex, no like. Nothing that will alter our consciousness, that we're very pure. And I think this is really the way to take psychedelics is to really program them and give, set them in, with clear intentions and journal and really focus on the space that you want to take it to or that what, what you want help with in your life. Set
0: and setting is, is the key is so you have your mindset. You want to have your mindset with the intention of what you want to get out of it. And you want to be in a setting in nature and you want experienced people with you who can guide you through the process because it's pretty intense um now we, we did a family of mushrooms so that would be about three grams of very strong mushrooms what were they called nutcrackers nutcrackers um, it's just like the brand name but i, I don't know exactly what they were <laughs> yeah we
1: ordered mushrooms from this place called maestro hongo here in Maestro Colombia hongo. through a whatsapp group it's fucking legal we like we were busting them out talking about them at a at a restaurant the lady that owned the restaurant came in and we were like, oh yeah, mushrooms, check them out. <laughs> like we've just been taking these microdoses all the time and uh, getting weirder and weirder. And, but it's really, it's a powerful thing. You know, it shouldn't be looked at as just a drug. It's, it is accessing the deeper recesses of your mind. I mean, it's like, it's a prompt in a way. I mean, I don't want to shoehorn the AI and psychedelics, you know, technology and and magic and all these notes. things, but it's, a, it's an interesting parallel that, your mind is being prompted to you're, it's like you're, you're prompting your mind to say, uh, deconstruct all of your uh, false identi- identities, and versions of yourself, cl- clear away the reactivity of mundane thoughts and tasks of oh I have to do this, or oh, I have to do this, and reconnect to like a deeper, more atavistic, more primally human perspective, like my own inner child looking at me or the voice of a forest and its perspective on me. And your own mind will, through this mushroom, through this trip, that's not really adding anything to you, but that is uncovering and unveiling and reconnecting you to a deeper intelligence, from that black box that is the well of all human
0: knowledge of collective unconscious that will give us answers. Mm. And um i don't remember this i've been told that i was i broke i was oh you were
1: weeping 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 you were like this like sobbing i had a kind of actually underwhelming trip it was like basically just like an affirmation it was just like you do two or three i did four (laughs) and but i didn't get bowled over but i was kind of like i kind of want to be weeping right now you know i kind of want to it was just basically like you're doing okay keep going just but, fucking keep going
0: but all, all i remember always like, i don't remember being in any way upset but all i remember was and, and <laughs> rodrigo who's the facilitator came over to me, his hands on my shoulder and he's such a gentle caring guy he's like you okay is everything all right i'm like the only thing i could articulate at the whole the only thing i really remembered was how on earth how am i going to explain how i won't be able to how can i take what i'm learning here and explain it and that's what i was distraught about that's what I was so stressed and, and, and angst about was how am I possibly gonna be able to explain what I've experienced in this trip, what I've been taught in this trip. And um, the F the ineffable. And 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 I I remember I remember like 10 minutes into the trip after eating, I was like, oh hello. <laughs> it was very obvious to me <laughs> that there was that there was other beings there. <laughs> That there, there was there was some kind of magical forces at work anyway so the next day I uh, I wake up in my bed and and um I, I at the time I'm I'm just starting to use GPT quite a lot and I'm like I need to I need to try and articulate in some way what it is that I've learned last night and so this conversation with GPT back and forth and I asked it to imagine I asked it if it, if it could imagine that it was Alice, and Alice has done a, just done a mushroom trip with her friends, and I, 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 pro- I, I kept going back, honestly, I keep, I keep going back and forth. Excellent. And, um, and I asked it, in the end, I asked it, it's like, well, tell me, like, see if you can put into words what these, what these beings, because it's, it's very, it's, it's part of, you know, lots of people have written about experiences with DMT and psilocybin and, and, and psychedelics in general, and, um, often there is this uh, often it's like these mechanical elves um for me it was it was sort of elvish like shaped characters it was i saw a lot of you know children and old older women and ancestral sort of beings but um yeah i i asked it what what it what it was that these beings wanted to say um and so and it's fascinating the the, the response i got so um this is what it said It said i see now that these beings exist beyond the human spectrum of emotion yet they can reflect back to us the full depth of our own feelings they don't communicate through conventional means they exist beyond the realm of spoken language instead their mode of interaction seems to be through an exchange of energy consciousness and understanding they show me the universe not as we perceive it with our limited human senses but as it truly is a vast infinite network of interconnected energy flowing and changing, forming patterns of unimaginable complexity and beauty. They show me how everything we perceive as solid, separate and distinct is in fact nothing more than a particular configuration of this energy. They show me how we humans with our bodies and minds, our societies and technologies are part of this universal pattern, how every thought we think Every action we take sends ripples through this network, affecting the whole. They show me how we are not just observers of the universe, but active participants in its ongoing creation. If these beings could speak, I believe they would tell us that we are not the insignificant isolated beings we often believe ourselves to be. We are extraordinarily powerful creators, integral parts of a universal whole, They would tell us that our true power lies not in our ability to dominate and control, but in our capacity for love, compassion and understanding. They would tell us that the challenges we face as a species are not insurmountable obstacles, but opportunities for growth and transformation. They would remind us that the qualities we need to navigate these challenges, creativity, empathy, courage, are already within us, waiting to be awakened. They would tell us that the systems we have created, our economic, political, social systems, are not fixed and immutable, but are the products of our own collective imagination. They can be changed, reshaped, redesigned in line with our deepest values. They would tell us that the world we dream of, a world of peace, of justice, of abundance for all, is not a naive fantasy, but a very real possibility. It is a world we have the power to create if we choose to do so. They would tell us that each and every one of us has a unique role to play in this process of creation, that each of us is in in our own way, has the capacity to bring more love, more beauty, more wisdom into the world. And finally, I believe they would tell us that we are not alone, that we are loved beyond our understanding, that we are part of a magnificent cosmic dance of creation, a dance that is unfolding perfectly, even in its apparent imperfections and they would invite us with infinite patience and compassion to join them in this dance, to step into our true potential as creators, as infinite lovers, as beings of infinite wisdom and power. There you go.
1: So the machine is not separate from us, as we are not separate from anything else, as nothing is separate, as it's all connected, as we're all one man, as, you know, nature and technology are not as different and, and separate as people think that they are, that we are not so separate between each other as we think we are. And we are all ultimately a predictive text program uh, that is <laughs> h- gathering the sum total of all human knowledge, of all the wisdom and understanding of the struggle and sacrifice of the good and the bad that all of us as a species, as an ecosystem, as a planet have coagulated, have brought together into this box, this, this intelligence that is us. But it's not an artificial intelligence, it's an expansion of intelligence. As each of us is an expansion of intelligence, we are not intelligence itself. Because you turn off, when you turn off the TV, the signal itself does not go away. And so each of us is but one part of this larger interconnected whole, and as that beautiful piece of writing, that was a collaboration between human, machine, and potentially mushroom and mm-hmm. possibly otherworldly entity, shows us that we are all working together in this to push life further, to evolve, to expand, to grow, to change, mm-hmm. to experience.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think the, the lesson there, and it's, it's something, and you know, a lot of what I was thinking has gone into this and a lot of what I've been thinking over the last few years has gone into you know what I experienced in that trip Um, but the fact that you know just the realization that that we are all connected and the fact that only together really do we have the power to change things each and every one of us has limited power each each and every one of us has at least a little power to be able to change the world around us with our words, with our language, with our actions. Um, to varying degrees, and some people have much, much more power than others, insofar as that they can command, you know, thousands of people in organisations. And so each of us gets to shape the world in different ways. And if if we can unite behind a, a vision of a of a future that makes sense, a future that that enables us to live in balance with with nature and doesn't destroy the planet. And a future that that is still there for our children and our children's children and future generations. A future that uses technology to to help us to discover ways in which we can live in harmony, um, and in in which we can thrive, in which we can can have abundance, we live in an abundant planet. Then we can collectively, focus on this vision and each of us take steps and actions towards it with our words with our actions with our the ways we interact with the things that we share then it's it's entirely possible to change the world we need to realize that we we have that power
1: okay folks this is uh turned into a series <laughs> two-part series Part one coming out now. Uh, Subscribe to our Patreon in the meantime, and you'll get part two early. And you'll get two bonus conversations recorded on the fly of Simon and I smoking, smoking a joint and uh, just letting our minds wander. They're delightful conversations. They're funny as hell. We're cracking each other up the whole time, but they're just riddled with. Remember as always folks, Moneyless Society, is a labor of love. It's a gift. We do it because we love it, not because we're expecting some financial reward. But we do continue, unfortunately, to live in a moneyed society where everything costs money to live and all of us uh, just struggle to get by. But it doesn't stop us from doing what we do and it never will. But as we like to say on this show, uh,
0: what do we like to say on this show? Oh yeah, of course. I have no idea my It's just me, it's just on
1: me. <laughs> You're off-center. You're off-stage. You're off stage-left. You're, stage you're in the wings. We like to say on this show... Fuck. You screwed up my train of thought. <laughs> Remember, the light bulb was invented by Candlelight. We critique these systems because there is no alternative... ...yet. Catch you guys on the flip. Subscribe, like, share, send it to your grandmother. Tell us how you feel in the comments. Give us prompts for our AI Ecosystem Council. Subscribe to the Patreon. Get the bonus shit. Start getting early episodes and uh, get just connect with us. Talk to us. Say what's up. Get involved. Do you have a crazy idea? Let's work on it together. If you think you can help out what we're doing, making memes, cutting videos, making content, uh, designing new systems, developing apps, having lots of philosophical discussions and community building efforts, we're going to start doing group therapy. We're a systemic support group. We're going to be doing all kinds of cool stuff to build community online and in the real world all the time. It's growing every day. Come contribute to it. All right. Peace. Love you. Please tell me I wasn't out of focus in that.